Before we get started, we have a quick question. Does your school have a good mentoring program for new teachers? Does it support administrators who run the program, train and support mentors in how to best help new teachers, and support new teachers by answering their questions and helping them to meet their biggest challenges? We've mentored many new teachers and we've had lots of conversations with the new teachers crying in their cars after school. That's why we created the New Teacher Navigator. We have everything that your school needs to run a successful mentoring program. It's online and very affordable. If you or someone in your school or district is interested, check out our program at inspiredtogetherlearning.com or send us an email and we'll follow up. We'd love to help you support the next generation of teachers. The future of education depends on it. And now we hope you enjoyed today's episode. When you teach with heart, you are bound to get burned. You're also bound to feel deep pride, satisfaction, and joy. In this episode, let's explore what happens when you give to your students with heart and experience the results of all of the emotions that come up. Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers, and we know the struggles that you face on a daily basis. Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve. Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best life. What does it mean to teach with heart? It means that you bring your whole self into the interactions with students. It also means that you experience a wide range of emotions. Today, we're going to explore the emotional extremes that teachers experience, and we'll consider ideas for navigating these emotions. We're in a helping profession, which means that we may feel emotions more deeply than those in some other careers. Every educator we know will tell you that they put their heart into their jobs every day. Not only do teachers invest their time and energy, they make a personal investment, sharing their emotions and helping their students process their big emotions. You feel these emotions strongly because of the passion that you bring to your job, but also because of the challenges that all teachers face. You invest in your students. What a gift and responsibility it is to impact so many students. It's no wonder that we as teachers run the gamut of emotions. Today, we're going to explore a few of the emotional extremes that teachers feel daily, hourly, sometimes minute by minute. We are sure that you are going to be able to relate to the extremes of pride and disappointment, hope and fear, connection and isolation, and love and heartbreak. As we explore these extreme emotions, we'll also share some ways to navigate these emotions in order to maintain a sense of balance for ourselves. Let's start with the first one, pride and disappointment. It's possible to feel both pride and disappointment as a teacher. When our students succeed academically, whether it's mastering a skill or being able to witness an aha moment, we may swell with pride to the point we feel like we might burst. And who doesn't love to see those kinds of wins? It truly does make us feel really happy. However, we can also feel disappointment if a student works so hard to achieve a goal and then falls short. We all know that sinking feeling of watching a student realize that they failed a high-stakes test or that they failed to meet an expectation that they went in sure they were going to meet. Our hearts actually hurt with them. 
We can also feel pride and disappointment in ourselves and in our impact in the classroom. We know we feel pride when a group of students achieves something that they didn't think was possible, and we know that we played a part in getting them there. That feels amazing. On the flip side, we can feel that disappointment in our impact when a student or a group of students doesn't seem to be progressing despite all of our very best efforts. There are lots of scenarios daily that set teachers up to feel either pride or disappointment. Consider your classroom's commitment to the community, the impact of a lesson plan that you poured your heart and soul into, awards, recognition, student feedback. All of those have the possibility to stir up emotions of either pride or disappointment. We are sure that you can think of a lot more examples in your daily life. I'll just share an example that I was once working with another teacher. We were putting on a middle school play. The kids were amazing. And they started getting a lot of buzz and teachers were talking about it. Parents were talking about it. And the community was talking about it. We were in a very small town, but somebody called a TV reporter to come from a nearby city. And he actually came. And so we were, first of all, shocked. But he spent probably two hours with us, did all kinds of footage, and he turned it into a feature story eventually. But what he said to me was, this group of kids and what they're doing here here is really special. You know that, don't you? Talk about that swelling with pride. It almost makes me cry when I think of that moment so many years ago and how much that affected me. I also have an example that was a really good moment of pride and disappointment within seconds. It was a summer after college. I was teaching summer school. It was technically my first teaching job. The middle school that I was at ran a summer school program for kids who had IEPs. We did amazing things that summer. The kids were amazing. I was proud of them, proud of myself. However, the last day of that summer school was one of the most disappointing days. I had done this great activity. We called it the I Can Can. Everybody had their can with a lid on it. All the kids wrote down about their peers all the things they had seen them accomplish, things that they can do. You can read so much better than when you started. You can encourage our peers like no one else. You can, you can. On the last day, everybody put all of the slips of paper in there. And I said, don't read it here. Go home and someday when you need encouragement, take one or two out of your can and read it. The disappointing part was as I was closing up the room that day, my last day of teaching the summer school, I had felt better than I even imagined was possible. I looked in the garbage and the kid who needed his I can can the most had thrown it away on the way out the door. He never read any of the things, nor did he believe that he should have it to read, I think. I was so disappointed one of the days when I felt pride and disappointment at extremes. That is a devastating story. And I feel bad for that student who really needed those messages and had a self-worth that said, I don't deserve to hear good things about myself. That's a tough one. In these times when we feel disappointment, it's helpful to offset that disappointment by remembering the things that we can take pride in. Consider making your own pride jar, jotting down notes of things that you are proud of and adding them to your jar, sort of like the I can can. On the days when you are feeling disappointed, pull out a few notes and hopefully your spirits will be lifted when you can move to pride, remembering all the things that you've done. We all need that from time to time. Let's go ahead and look at the second one, which is hope and fear. 
Hope and fear are another set of emotional extremes that teachers can vacillate between and feel simultaneously sometimes. As a group, teachers are hopeful people. If teachers lacked hope, there wouldn't be much point in teaching the students that enter into our classrooms. Teachers derive hope from the belief that their efforts will make a difference. We can make a difference every day. As a whole, teachers hold on to that. It's what makes them do what they do. Another thing that teachers have to be hopeful about is every year brings a new promise. We are hopeful for the success and the well-being of each of our students and our classroom community as a whole. We hope each year that we will have supportive parents, like-minded colleagues, supportive administrators, and that we'll be appreciated for our efforts. There's so much to be hopeful for. Teaching, unlike a lot of different professions, begins with a fresh start every August. So as teachers, we're lucky to feel renewed hope each and every school year. However, fear can accompany that hope, and it's sometimes lurking in the background. We fear that we might not be able to reach some of our tough students. We fear the pressures that society puts on teachers. And in some cases, we fear for our physical or psychological safety. I hate even saying that, but in many of today's school, that has become reality. Teachers are continually impacted by the policy changes that are beyond our control. And we also fear the implications as we are on the front line of the implementation of many of these policy changes. And under all of this pressure, there's always a fear of our own personal burnout or we don't want to watch our colleagues burn out. That weighs heavy on us. I've often started new programs or new initiatives. It's just one of the things I like to do. And I also know that many people don't like change. So I always have that fear. They won't understand this new strategy or this new application. If they don't get something, they're not going to support it. So that's always one of my fears. I have all these big visionary ideas, but then I have these fears that people won't get it and won't buy into it. Every time I have taken on a new role as an educator, I always feel both hope and fear. I'm always hopeful that maybe I can make a difference here and this is a great fit for me, but I'm also fearful that it won't be a good fit or I won't make a difference. I always hope for strong relationships with any new colleagues and students, but I definitely fear the unhappiness I will have and they will have if we aren't a good fit together. Sometimes it can be helpful to explicitly list out our hopes and fears. Making that hopes list helps you feel good about things, but then you can look at the fears, make a list of some indicators that would let you know if what you are hoping for or what you are fearing is becoming a reality. For example, if you fear that your school might be an unhealthy place to work, write down some indicators that would let you know that it's unhealthy. And then you can watch your list, look for red flags that indicate that some of those fears might be coming true. Or if you hope to build healthy relationships with your new grade level teaching team this year, write down exactly what you would like that to look like. Then when you meet some of those indicators, you'll know that your hope has become a reality. There's a lot of power in writing things down and describing how you want things to be in making those things become a reality. The third extreme that you might feel is the extreme of connection versus isolation. Teachers feel connected when we're part of a community or when we have a shared purpose. That might be your content team, a grade level team, your PLC in your classroom or in your school. Wherever that collaborative environment occurs, that is where teachers can feel connected in our work. We've all likely felt that. We see it when teachers talk about my team or in our school. We're also connected to each other just through the special bond of being teachers. Being a teacher has a special connection across time and space. The more that teachers have a space and opportunity for that communication and collaboration, the more teachers feel connected. 
If you've ever been to a party where there's some other teachers, I'm not talking just like a staff party, but you're just at a Super Bowl party with friends and there's another teacher or two in the room. You cannot help but find those teachers. And pretty soon you're talking about your kids and your activities and what you're doing. We can't help it because we are out somewhere in the world and we found our people. On the other hand, teachers can also feel extremely isolated. In fact, teaching is one of the most isolating professions. Why? Because teachers are in rooms, often with the door shut, away from other professionals for the majority of their day. Unlike people who are in other professions who can walk next door to their colleague's office or their colleague's cubicle throughout the day, teachers are really limited in their freedom and their time to communicate with their colleagues. That is especially the way we often treat new teachers. They get the room behind the stage. Sometimes the most vulnerable teachers get the spaces that are the most isolated from everyone else. Some of the best friendships I have occurred because I taught in the same school as someone. But when I think about it, I rarely connect with them throughout the day. The relationships, where were they matured? In the after-school activities, in the going out after conferences, the summer golf outings, those all occurred on the teacher's time outside of the classroom. Those relationships kept me from feeling isolated. They kept me feeling connected, though I was pretty much in a room with kids by myself all day long. In order to feel more connected and less isolated, you can take steps to build connections with other teachers. You can get involved in scheduling fun outside of work events like attending a trivia night or a pottery painting class, host a book club in your classroom one day after school, or find another way to increase your connection with colleagues and to decrease those feelings of isolation. It does take some work. And you're probably thinking, I don't have time for those kinds of things. But on the other hand, those opportunities will help you stay engaged as you realize you're not alone in this. It's good for your mental health to engage with the supportive community. The emotional extreme number four that you may feel when you are teaching with heart is love and heartbreak. This is the final theme we'll explore today, and you probably feel this regularly. One of the most rewarding aspects of being a teacher is the love that we feel for our students. We see this example, sadly, in the case of school shootings. Teachers readily and willingly will put the lives of their students in their own hands and sacrifice for them. You don't do that unless there's love there. Those bonds that we feel with our students are not easily broken. The beauty of that love for our students is that it transcends time and space. The memories of our former students can warm our hearts for years. And I say that as I'm putting my hand on my heart. We both engage with hundreds of students from our past and love seeing their life on social media. We've attended their weddings and funerals, sadly, and recognized the importance that they've had in our lives. You may also feel love for the profession of teaching as a whole. Though teaching is difficult work, you may find yourself overwhelmed at times by how grateful you are to be doing meaningful work that you love. You have that privilege of watching lots of people learn and grow, knowing that you've nurtured a part of that growth. You get to do it year after year. You are etched in the memories of your students and they are etched in yours. How many teachers talk about my students, my school family of kids? A quote by author Scott Hayden summarizes this well. Teachers have three loves, love of learning, love of learners, and the love of bringing the first two loves together. 
However, when we invest so much of our hearts into someone or something, there is always that potential for heartbreak. You may find yourself heartbroken by the struggles that you see your students face daily or the lack of resources that they have at home, maybe the lack of resources in your school. In addition, lack of support or systematic issues that you see hurting students can be soul-crushing. Witnessing the injustice and the inequities of the educational system can lead you to tears. You might cry as you send students home for the night or home for the summer, wondering who will look out for them when you're not there. When I tell stories of my teaching, I find myself saying regularly, talking about a student, I loved them, but that love comes with heartbreak. There was one student that I taught who lacked any loving adults in his life. Every night, I worried he would leave school and not be alive the next day when it was time to come back to school. I called social services so many times. They were so sick of hearing from me, but I worried so much. Eventually, he was moved into a residential treatment facility, so I no longer taught him. But the residential treatment facility happened to be somewhat near my house, and I went and visited him. They would let me bring in ice cream, and every few weeks we would eat ice cream together. After he had been there for a while on one of those visits, one of the other kids said to him, dude, is that your mom? And he replied with such pride, no, it's my teacher. I realized that I was the only adult who visited him. I was heartbroken for that kid. It's hard not to have those really deep feelings when you do invest in these kids. It's such a heartbreaking story. I hope he landed in a good place. I have a really similar story of a student who had no responsible adult in his home. At the time, I didn't really know all the details that I know now, but I knew he needed a safe place to land. For some reason, he decided I was that safe place. He hung around all the time. He was in my room after school. It was okay because I knew he needed a safe place. Many years later, we are still connected. And I know that I am still his safe place today. For years, I got the pictures of the newborn baby, the pictures of his troops in Afghanistan, and pictures of him as a sergeant. It was like, he doesn't have anyone else to send these pictures to. I felt very honored that I was that person. Recently, he had a cancer surgery. He contacted me and asked for my support. What an honored position to be in. It's also heartbreaking that these kids don't always have the love and support that they need in their lives. There's a lot of shared heartbreak. You can all imagine that student or students that if you were here on this podcast, you would tell their story too. When you find yourself feeling moments of love, savor those. If they're in the form of a student note or a student letter, save them in a special place. Both Michelle and I have a folder or a box, mine has become a box, called Positive Notes for Days That I Really Need Them. We suggest that you do this too. You can look at these notes on the days that your heart is breaking. That love can help balance out some of that heartbreak. We also have a post on the Inspired Together Teachers blog that talks about creating that folder called Positive Notes. And so I'll link to that into the show notes. Some people also call it a hype file. We all need it, whatever it's called. We need a place to save those things. There are days when you are done, you're going to quit teaching. It's over. I can't take it anymore. You pull out that file and you start reading those notes and all of the good things that are in there. And you are reminded that you are doing something wonderful in the world. 
Another suggestion, if you feel like you really want to take some action and you're finding yourself feeling unsettled in the heartbreak of all the inequities in the school system, search out ways to advocate. Advocacy groups are always willing to accept volunteers. You might just be the person they're looking for. It's really no wonder that we can feel emotionally exhausted at the end of the day. There's a good chance that you could feel any or all of these extreme emotions in a day of the life of being a teacher. Our hope for you is that you can embrace the good and utilize some of these strategies that we suggested to address the not so good, the extreme you don't want so much, or maybe to find some other way to balance the two that work for you. We leave you with this quote from NBA star Ray Allen Everything I know the pitfalls, the highs, and the lows, everything. It taught me and made me stronger. Let's recap today's episode. As an educator, you make a personal investment in your students, so it makes sense that you can feel many strong emotions, extremes of pride and disappointment, hope and fear, connection and isolation, and love and heartbreak are regular occurrences for teachers. As you consider the emotional extremes in your teaching, remember to savor the positive emotions and consider ways to navigate the emotions that hurt in order to maintain a sense of balance in your life. In true teacher fashion, we always end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to note the emotions that you feel in your teaching today. Are you feeling extremes? If so, consider ways to focus on the positive emotions using the suggestions we noted or others that will work for you. Did we miss any emotional extremes that you feel? If so, we would love to hear what ideas you have. So reach out to us on any of our social media channels through email or through our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com. And if you want to look through the highs and lows of your life and your teaching experiences and do a little self-reflection, we have a great guide called the Inspired Teacher's Guide to Taking Back Your Life. It's free and you will find it on our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. It's right there in the front right-hand column. That's all for today. Class dismiss. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.